the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And there's a phrase used in marketing quite often that this product will change your life. But because it's used and abused so much, it loses its punch and may be received with skepticism. So what does this phrase mean in relation to the Christian faith? Is the claim of life change true? And if so, how do I get it? The series is called The Spirit-Filled Life. It's part two in the message, A New Life. As Pastor Sean is teaching from the book of Galatians, it's time for Real Life Radio. Galatians 5, 16, but I say walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Remember he said, who's going to save me from this flesh, this body of death? Saying, I say walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. That's what he was talking about. You know, there's the Spirit of God and there's the flesh. And he says they are at war. Understand that. That is a constant condition. They are at war. What's good for one is bad for the other and vice versa. We need to understand that. He goes on verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And then he says this, now the works of the flesh are evident. Think about these things, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warned you as I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. These works of the flesh, you know, you may be like I am. It's almost like you're afraid to turn on the news at night or go to a website and read the news. What new horrible travesty is going to happen today? What is going wrong with people? It's like we're all out of our minds. And Paul says, no, this is the flesh. You know, we've, we've talked about, the, 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 you see the devastation that sexual ethics are, are doing to our culture and people who are experiencing horrible results. They're experiencing horrible consequences. You go, why are they so, why are they so addicted to sexual freedom as the ultimate virtue? Why can't they understand the simple concept that God created sexuality to be a gift? in the context of a committed marriage. That's the way God designed it, and it's supposed to be a gift. Because the works of the flesh are, verse 1 he says, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. It's the flesh. What's with all the violence and the rage and the anger and the hatred, the killing? He says, well, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, envy. It's the works of the flesh. That's why this happens. It's the very core of the carnal human nature unleashed. That's why. He goes on and says, I warned you, those those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. Verse 22, this is the amazing good news. He says, but, but the fruit of the Spirit, listen to these, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
self-control against such there is no law. I want you to think and I want you to imagine right now with me as I'm going I'm to read those words again. I want you to imagine these things being poured out over our nation and our world. Imagine it's as though God wants to pour these out. Think of the news. Think of the stories. Think of the strife, the pain, the hatred. And imagine this being poured out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And no law against those. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. I want to say to you this morning, that's the secret to the new life. That's the answer to Paul's question. That's the answer to this false advertising that we may have seen or even feel. That's the secret right there. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because I want you to remember it. It's this, new life is found in the fruit he exhibits, not the effort you exert. Say that again, new life is found in the fruit he exhibits, not in the effort you exert. This is so important. You see, in a culture where we've been raised to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, to kind of make it work on our own, this is hard to swallow. Because this is a little bit of a ding to our pride when you think about it. There's something in us that resists this idea that we can't do it in our own strength. But it's interesting, he calls it the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't say the fruit of the person that the Spirit has kind of helped cultivate. It's not, you know, the fruit of you, the fruit of me. It's the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, he's the one who produces the fruit. And he's the only one who can. I want to suggest that this is the secret to holiness. And, you know, anytime a pastor starts talking about holiness, people get kind of weird, right? If they're talking about holiness, you expect me to kind of go get, buy a bad suit, get really loud and southern real fast, right? And talk to you about holiness, you know? Yeah, I spent a lot of years in church, you know, that comes naturally. Let me just say, holiness is a beautiful thing. The the problem with kind of the teaching on holiness, and I grew up in Pentecostal churches, as I've shared with you before, but it's not just Pentecostal. There's lots of different holiness type of churches where you saw holiness become defined by external things. And I want to suggest to you that that wasn't malicious, That was literally a desire to be different, a healthy desire to be different. But our natural inclination is always going to be to be different ways that we can control and define. This whole thing of the spirit having to do it is a little bit fuzzy. It's a little hard. So if I can do it by dress, by do's and don'ts, by whatever, then I can keep score. I can keep a holiness score. And sometimes that was just pride and wanting to put other people down and be better, whatever, whatever. But sometimes it was just truly, I want to work really hard to be holy. Because I think I should be. The Bible says I should be. It misses the whole point of holiness. We had a group of guys a while back who wanted to start a cigar group. Where they'd smoke cigars and just talk about what God's doing in their lives. And I was sharing that with a group of leaders, and some folks got really disturbed by that. And these were good leaders. These were good people. They loved Jesus. They brought up the very legitimate question of, well, then what's the difference between us and the world? What, then how will they know that we're any different? And honestly, I was shocked by the question. I said, you mean you don't know? You don't know? 
You think that, that Jesus said, by this will all men know you're my disciples, that you don't have a cigar group, or that you wear this, you don't taste this, you don't touch that, you don't... You see, the gospel's full of ways that we're going to be different. The fruit of the Spirit is a great place to start. The way we passionately love God and follow him no matter what, which takes us totally against the grain of culture. The way we love one another. Oh, those Christians, man, they're crazy. They love each other. They just do. It's by this law, men know you're my disciples, that you love one another. That's what we're supposed to be known for. We're those those people who are supposed to love the poor and care for the poor. Who love our enemies even when our enemies are trying to hurt us. That's That's who we're supposed to be. That's what sets us apart. That's what holiness looks like. A heart that is passionately on fire and wholly his. In 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, Peter writes this. He says, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. He's like he's kind of piggybacking what Paul taught. He says, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. And as a kid who really cared about my faith, when I read that scripture, I would just get discouraged. Okay, Jesus, whatever. Be holy as you're holy. Yeah, but you walked on water. Okay? You raised the dead and stuff, and I'm like me. I misread the scripture. I thought he was saying, okay, Sean, I was holy. I showed you what it looked like. Looks like now you on your own go out and suck it up and spiritually man up and be holy. Okay, go, go, go. Let me at it. That's not what he was saying at all. Be holy for I am holy, and I don't believe I'm being unfaithful to the scripture here, okay? I'm not adding to the scripture. Don't stone me after church, okay? Be holy, for I am holy in you. Because he said, I am in you. His spirit is in us. Say it another way. Be holy, for I am holy, and I am in you. What if the, the, the thing is he's going to be holy for us, through us? He's going to build holiness in me by his spirit. Instead of me mustering it up on my, the best of my ability, he's going to do it by his spirit. And my role is to cooperate with the spirit, to live the spirit-filled life. That's a game changer. I can't be holy on my own, but he can in me. He can in you. We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church in this message called A New Life in the series The Spirit-Filled Life as found on the sermons page at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. 
And now the conclusion to the message, A New Life. This is radio for real life. Now, Paul gives us three instructions that I want to cover real quickly here from Galatians 5. Okay, three instructions that I think will be helpful in how to, okay, put handles on this and actually do this. Okay, the first he says, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit. Write that down. Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit because that speaks of how we move, the power behind it. Okay, the power in what we do. Okay, it's a different power. It's not my strength, my willpower, my self-discipline. It's walk by the Spirit, a different power working in us. You know, one of the things that the Vikings were able to do is they were able to travel places and conquer places that others couldn't because they were ahead of the curve when it came to traveling over water, sailing, because they understood how to sail. And you understand, when you saw the old Viking ships, they would have kind of holes on the sides of the ship where when there was no wind, the guys would have to row. But you understand, the, the goal was never to row our way from one place to another. Everybody was doing that. The goal was to sail. Rowing, the effort of rowing was simply to get them to the wind. Take note of that. The wind was what gave life to their ships, what caused them to soar, what caused them to sail. Rowing just got them in place to catch the wind. That's the difference between willpower and wind power. You see, our effort, our discipline, because there are disciplines in the Christian life. Just understand, our discipline should not be focused on trying to kind of do it all on my own and trying to be perfect apart from God. Our discipline should be focused on getting us to the wind. That's why the discipline of the word is so significant because it brings us, connects us to the wind of the spirit, the discipline of prayer. Your discipline should be focused on getting into the presence of the Lord, on letting the spirit fill you. And now the spirit is the one who will bring the righteousness. The spirit is the one who will change your life. The spirit gives you a power to walk differently, a power to love differently. Imagine the power to love like Jesus. At work, and you're like, yeah, Jesus doesn't work. Jesus didn't work with the guys I have to work with. I don't know if we would be, Christianity would even exist if Jesus would have had to work at my workplace. I'm just telling you, I got a lot of confidence in Jesus. Stop, Stop and think about it. If his spirit is in you, Jesus is working at your workplace. And the same love he showed to his enemies, same love he showed to those who who were crucifying him, the same forgiveness, you and I have the potential to share. We do not have to say yes to the flesh. We have the law of the spirit alive in us. Walk by the power of the spirit. We have the power to love like Jesus. We have the power to be patient. Let me just tell you, this is not easy for me. I am not a patient person. That might be hard for you to believe. You would probably imagine me to be a very slow and patient person. But I'm not. According to this, the spirit in me has the power to operate in patience and to wait for the Lord, to let things happen in his time. Do you know we have the power to overcome sin? Oh, Sean, but we're sinners. We always will be. We'll just kind of limp along. That is not a biblical doctrine. Yes, Paul said we will always have to struggle with this flesh. As long as we are in the flesh, that flesh has the potential. But he also said we do not have to be under that law, the law of sin and death, because we have the law of the Spirit. Listen, I love the way John the Baptist kind of introduced Jesus. 
Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you, listen, with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. And man, I'm telling you, when you stop and think about it, what does he mean by the Holy Spirit and fire? You know, we, we might not be sure. It sounds cool. I mean, I don't know. His early listeners, the people John was speaking to, were Jews. And they were students of Judaism. They would have remembered Malachi chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. But who can endure the day of his coming? Messiah. Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner's and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. That fire of his is the cleansing, purifying work of the Spirit. He wants to set us free from the power of sin in our lives. If you've got a sin, and some of you may be here, and there's a sin that has just been beating you down. It has been keeping you from experiencing what Jesus has for you. I want to say to you, that sin is not designed to have victory over you. You have the Spirit of God in you. He wants to set you free from that sin. And I'm telling you, the reason you're getting your tail kicked by that sin is because you're trying to fight that sin in the flesh. You're trying to use willpower instead of wind power. The minute you are tempted in the context of that sin, what we should be doing is going immediately to the Spirit. Lord, I need your power. Lord, I ask that you would begin to empower me. I don't want to give in to this temptation. And you're like, well, some of the, uh, you know, I've got some sin that's embarrassing. I don't want to talk to the Lord about it. Uh, let me help you. He's omniscient. Okay, that ship has sailed. He already knows. So go ahead and talk to him candidly. He loves you anyway. Okay? Lord, I don't want to give in to that sin. Lord, I don't want to give in to that thought. I don't want to give in to that impulse, that behavior, that, that anger, that rage, that word. I don't want to say that thing. Do you realize that if we will just stop, instead of trying to muscle up the discipline to fight that sin... If we will instead just go to the Spirit. So, Lord, I need your Spirit. I need the power of the Spirit. I can't beat this thing with willpower, Lord. I need wind power. I need the pneuma, the Spirit. And let him set you free. Scripture says he will empower you to overcome the sin that so easily entangles us. Hebrews chapter 12. See, new life is found in the fruit he exhibits. Not the effort you exert. We need to walk by the Spirit. Second thing he says, and this is in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. That's a little different than walk by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. See, the wind determines which direction you go, how you're going to navigate. And that's one of the problems, because we want to do what we want to do. But being led by the Spirit is recognizing a different voice and responding to a different voice. See, every day we respond to different voices. Okay? You know what I'm talking about, right, when I talk about the voices. Okay? I'm not talking about the crazy voices in your head. You keep that between you and your therapist. Okay? <clears throat> I'm talking about the impulses, the voices. And we've all got them. might be the voice of a parent who you could never quite please, and they're still there. And everything you do, you find yourself, and it, un, sometimes unreasonably, responding to that voice. Got to measure up, got to measure up, got to measure up. Maybe the voice of your own ambition fear that has driven you and I got to succeed, I got to succeed, I got to succeed. And that ambition keeps pushing you, pushing you, pushing you. And you're responding to that voice. 
Maybe the voice of societal pressure. Maybe the voice of political correctness. Maybe the voice of wanting to be accepted. I don't know. But there's all kinds, as you can see, all kinds of voices that drive us. Which voice are you going to respond to? You see, the spirit-filled life being led by the spirit is saying, I will respond to one voice. I will follow one voice. One. I will listen for his voice. And I will follow as he leads. I will listen for his voice. Who is it you're following? What drives you? What motivates you? A very practical way to put this to practice is to every day, and I just want to challenge you with this, as we walk through the Spirit-filled life series, to start just praying this prayer. Lord, you lead me. Pray that every, every day, every situation. Lord, you lead me. Lord, I invite you to lead me. Help me to keep my eyes and ears open. You lead me. And then what's really important is when he does actually speak and show his word, um, you then have to follow. Because let me tell you what's a big waste of time. To say, Lord, you lead me. And then when he gives you direction, oh, I can't do that, God. That would be weird. (laughs) Thank you, though. But it was cool hearing your voice, God. Very nice. Yeah. Um, That doesn't do any good. In fact, that does some harm because what happens is you begin to harden your heart to the voice of the Spirit. So blowing off the Spirit of God is not a game. It actually can create some real damage in your spirit and a hardness. So when you pray, Lord, lead me, and then he makes his path clear, you have to follow. And some of you are going, well, I don't know how to hear the voice of the Lord. That's too ethereal. I want to give you three real quick ways to do that. Be a person of the word every day. Just spend some time in the word. Go to reallife.org. we got a Bible reading plan. Okay, you can follow that. Do others, the Version Bible, some great stuff. If you've never been a person of the word, don't really know how to start, we got a great resource that Pastor Mike did called Bible Virtuosity to teach you how to draw truth from the word and just do the scripture every day. It'll walk you through the book of Luke. Great resource to help you get started. Be a person who listens to the Lord through the word every day. Be a person who prays. Talk to him about it. Amazing. The minute you start praying and stop rationalizing and start praying, sometimes the will of God becomes crystal clear. You just turn your mind to the Lord instead of all the, the lists and, oh, well, yeah, I know what God would want me to do here. Do it. And if even after that, there's sometimes you just need a little extra help, talk to someone who is a mature believer that you, that you believe is wise and is farther down the road and get godly counsel. I promise you, you do those things, you'll become a person who learns to discern the voice and the will of God. But then you have to follow him. Because new life is found in the fruit he exhibits, not the effort you exert. It's the key to holiness, key to living differently. And the last... Verse 25, he says, if we live by the Spirit, that phrase, live by the Spirit, I love that because it talks about a different source. Scripture says, in him we live and move and have our being. Live by the Spirit. He is the source. He is the very source of our spiritual life. It's called, that's what we call the infilling. So the challenge is to be filled with him. And I just want to say it all begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want to presume in a room this size that everyone here has entered into a relationship with Jesus. You may like the church. You may be here with family or whatever. And you may have never actually surrendered your life to the Lord's leadership. Well, that's, where the, that's how you become filled with the Spirit. So I don't want to presume that everyone here has done that. If you're hearing this, and you know, some of you are getting fired up and, as we talk about the Spirit for life. You're like, oh, man, that makes sense. I've experienced that. Yeah, I want more. But some of you may be hearing and going... It sounds great, and I can see it's in the Bible, but I I haven't experienced anything like that. I just want to say, maybe you've never 
surrendered your life to Jesus. And I also want to say you can today. It's actually fairly simple. Not easy, because surrendering your life to the leadership of another is never easy. But this is fairly simple. See, the scripture says all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what separates us. Sin builds a wall of separation between us and our creator and his spirit. That's the problem. The Bible also says the wages or the penalty of sin is death. In other words, justice is a death penalty for our sin. And understand, God would not be good if he was not just. Agreed? If he were not just, we couldn't say God is good. So he is just. But the way he fulfilled justice is he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who lived a sinless life and then voluntarily gave his life on the cross to pay our just death penalty. So for whoever will put their trust in him, whoever will trust Jesus for our salvation, our death penalty has been paid in him. And we ha- all we have to do is receive that from him and open our hearts and put our trust in him. Thank you, Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called The New Life, It's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on the Spirit-Filled Life at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.